Good evening to you. Did you hear Brother Larry Little mention International Day for Women? I'd never heard that before. Had you heard it, Kim? But there's a lot you haven't heard. But Kim was thinking, most likely, that they already have a day in February, on Valentine's Day. And most of them have another day coming up in May, right, Kim, Mother's Day. This is probably what you'd be saying. And then they have their birthdays throughout one time a year. But as for me and my house, every day is Ladies' Day. I know what I'm supposed to say. Every day is Ladies' Day. We can't say enough good things about our ladies and the service they do and the love that uh, they show and the example uh, that they are. We're going to be focusing um, on outreach this evening in view of our group meetings we're, we're having, our, our new um, emphasis on group meetings. I'll just tell you, it's easier to take the Bible and um, glean lessons out of Ezekiel and the book of Revelation and Zechariah than it is to talk about these matters. But it's very important. It is important to seek to make application of God's Word and who God wants us to be. Much easier to say that than to do it and to teach it. But together, let's focus on some matters. Appreciate the good song that we were just involved in. God calls for workers in the vineyard. Matthew 20, Jesus mentions the kingdom of God, the church, being a a vineyard. A vineyard. And there is a call that has gone out into the world that the Lord needs workers. It's the same call that comes to everyone in view of our sin. The Lord wants to call us out of the world unto Him and through His blood receive forgiveness of sins, which we can do by listening and submitting to the gospel. But that same call is a call for workers to come into the vineyard. The Lord has need of all of us. In Romans 6, 17 and 18, But God be thanked that whereas you were the service of sin, you have obeyed from their heart that form of doctrine that was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness. That's what we become. So that call of the gospel is a call for workers, for servants. And it's an automatic call. We must understand that. We wanted to sing a few songs with our pew packers this evening focused on the shepherd and the sheep. And that also is an ideal that brings forth outreach. In Luke chapter 15, you remember Jesus tells three stories. I believe he's focusing on 
our thoughts about souls. He talks about a lady who loses a coin in her house and what does she do? She sleeps and she sleeps and she looks in every, every uh, corner of the house until she finds it. When she finds that lost coin, she calls her friends, her neighbors, says, look, you know that which I had lost, I have found it. And Jesus tells the story of a lost sheep. And what does the shepherd do if, if one goes astray? Well, he leaves the ninety-nine and he makes the effort. He goes into uh, the wilderness or into the mountains and he finds that sheep. And when he finds it, he brings it home and he rejoices that the one that was gone astray has been found. So Jesus brings up the story of a young man who wanders away. And he finds his way back home. And the father runs to meet the son who's on his way back home. Embraces him, falls upon his neck, and rejoices. He calls for the fatty calf. Says, bring a robe, bring a, bring a ring, put this on my son. He was lost and now he's found. He's dead and now he's alive. So much rich meaning there. We're going to focus on bringing them in. Bringing in those who are lost this evening. When Brother Rob was here with our workshop back in January, he said, think about yourself as a bringer, as a teacher, and as a keeper of souls. Everyone can be either a bringer, a teacher, and a keeper of souls, or you can do all three, or you can do two or three, but the Lord wants us to be busy in His vineyard, being either a bringer, a teacher, or keeper, or doing all three of these works. We'll focus simply on bringing, because of time's sake, this evening, focused on bringing. Let's put some thoughts together as we get into our lesson Remember, all Christians are leaders. That's the way God intends it. When Jesus called His disciples, He said, Follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Fishers of men. When we go out into the world and we're fishing for men and we find a fish and we're able to bring that fish, catch that fish, that fish is no longer a fish. That fish is to become a fisher of men. See, we become servants of righteousness. It's an automatic transition. Transformation. Jesus wants all of us to be leaders. And this is for the glory of God. John 15, verse 8. Jesus there, He's picturing us as branches, and He is He's the vine and we are the branches. And He says, Herein is my Father glorified when you bear much fruit. When you bear much fruit. And so we're focusing on bringing people in this evening. Someone turn over, Aaron, read this for us. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verses 18 to 20. We have everyone that we need to reach our community for the Lord Jesus. Let's notice this. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 18. You know, this is when Paul compares members of the church to members of the human body. The church is the body of Christ, and so we would expect some sort of comparison like this. 
And there's work for everybody to do. Paul makes that point. Well, let's notice and listen to 1 Corinthians 12, 18 to uh, 20 here. Okay, so notice, especially verse 18, there's one body and many members, but notice what it says about God. We can't lose sight of this. God has set us in the church. God has put the church together. May we never lose sight of that. I get a little uncomfortable when I hear somebody say, what are we going to do to grow the church? Well, that's not really our business. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, what did Paul say? I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Jesus said, I will build my church. When we follow the Lord, when we follow the, the good shepherd, and we feed his sheep, the Lord will produce what he wants to produce. The Lord has set us in the church. And so therefore, we have. since the Lord is in charge, we have all that we need. We have everyone that we need. <clears throat> Let's, let's not lose sight of that. We must never give up on anyone in any situation. I think it was Rob that said, but I've heard it said before, you know, windows open and close a lot during life. And if somebody closes the door on you at one point in their life, well, you may not be able to... to See them receive the gospel at that point when they close that door. But if they keep living, there may be another opportunity uh, for them to open up uh, the door or the window to you. Windows open and close all the time. So let us never give up on people. Brother and Sister Williams and I have been going through uh, the Old Testament, doing a survey of the Old Testament and going into the New Testament and studying together. And this point was made today. It's a great point. Even though God's people through the Old Testament continually just rejected the Lord and and went off and found found idols to worship and then they would come back, but then they would would reject the Lord. Even though God's own people did that uh, more than one or two or three times, still, when Jesus came, the gospel went to the Jews first. Jesus came to be reared as a Jewish man. I find that interesting. Salvation is of the Jews first, Jesus told the woman of Samaria in John 4, 20-24. So the Lord was not giving up, even on people who had rejected Him again and again and again. When we talk about outreach, and when we do, when we are beginning to do more outreach, the devil is, is uh, he gets very nervous. The devil is so happy when folks are lukewarm. When we read about uh, Laodicea in Revelation 3, they were neither cold nor hot. That's the devil's playhouse right there. He loves it. He loves it. When there is mass confusion about the Bible, that is just exactly the way the devil wants it. 
But our goal is to glorify God, edify each other, and terrify the devil. This is a real battle against Satan. He intends for us to be destroyed in a fire, in a fiery place forever and ever and ever. That is his intent. He is throwing everything that he has in that direction. We must come back to glorify God, edify one another, and terrify the devil. And when we teach the gospel, that's exactly what is happening. I like the way Rob said this. He said, we ought to have nightmares about people we know who are out of Christ. We ought to have nightmares about people we know who have drifted away, no matter who they are. We ought to put ourselves in view of eternity, and it ought to keep us up at night, thinking about those who are outside of Christ. In Matthew chapter 22, 37, Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, all your strength. Minimal efforts produce minimal results. The greater and the greater efforts, the more seed that we sow, then the more that there's going to be good good hearts to receive uh, that sowing. And there will be more results. God asks us to sow seeds. He will give uh, the increase. When we think about reaching out to a lost world, it's not just one thing. The devil doesn't just use one thing. Did you notice in our lesson this morning the many different ways in which he works? We named seven. There's more than that. He throws everything he has in our direction to take us down. We can't just come back at Him with just one effort or one method. We must come back and use as much as there is at our disposal to reach a lost world. It's not just one thing. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in a spiritual way, in a physical way. Jesus grew in an intellectual way, but He also grew in a social way. Somehow we've got to find a way to find people. That's part of our group meetings that we're having. We've got to find a way to find people. We're not trying to show off in front of people. We're not trying to say, you know, take a look at us. We just want to show care and concern for people. We've got to find people. Acts 17, verse 6, when Paul and company were in Thessalonica, the complaint against them was this. These are the men that have turned the world upside down. And by our sending cards and by our contacting as many people as we can, yeah, we're going to get some some responses. Some of those responses may be negative, but look, there's a responsibility that is in our hands to try to reach our community and as much of the world as we possibly can. Here's the complaint they had against Peter and John, Acts 5 and verse 28. 
the Jewish leaders looked to Peter and John and said, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name any longer, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with this doctrine and with this teaching. That's what we're trying to do. We want to fill our community with the teaching of Christ. And so let's look at this a little bit more closely. Bringing uh, them in. To bring them in, we've got to create a list. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Well, we don't want to bring just one person in. We want to have a list of people that we're going after. Are you satisfied? Just, you just want to save one person while you're here on this earth? You want to just take one person with you to heaven while you're here on this earth? No, you want to take as many as you can. So you make a list. We make lists also because everybody is made in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Everybody has religious thoughts about them. Everybody wants to be worshiping something. Everybody wants to do good. People want to find why it is that you are here. What, what are the answers in the, in the universe? Everybody has that longing for answers, longing for God. That's why we make lists. We create lists. And we make these lists because the reality is that not everybody is going to respond. We, when we reach out to people, there's going to be others, and there's going to be some who will just simply not respond. So we can't give up. We've got to make an entire list. Which, you know, As Brother Maynard used to say, you have to get so many no's to get a yes. And so that's why we create a list. How do we get this list? Well... By picking your brain. Picking our brain. Your friends, your neighbors, your family members, your co-workers, the people you see every day. We're, we want to make lists out of these folks. People you hear about, the people you just happen to talk to. In our workbook here, that we want everybody to have, on page 101 are about 40 different situations where people find themselves from time to time in life. And during those situations, oftentimes they are ready to make a change spiritually. Such as when they have a new baby. Such as when they get married. Such as when they move to a new community. Such as when, the, when they change their job. Such as when they go through you know, some, some trauma in life. And on and on and on. There are a lot of different situations in life where people are ready to listen when they may not have been ready to listen before. And so we want to take this, these suggestions and these situations and look for people in these situations and we want to create a list of folks and then try to reach them out of this list. We want to create a list. It doesn't matter whether you write, write it down or type it out or whether you can keep it in your head. We simply just want to have lists of people and mainly people who are outside of Christ. We want to reach the lost for Jesus. Luke 19, verse 10, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. We, if we're going to do that, we've got to create lists of people who are, who are not with the Lord. They're not following Him. They don't know the truth as it ought to be known. We've got to do some compassion calling. In other words, we've got to use our phones. 
from these lists, we got to use our phones to either text or call or whatever else it is that you do. What it, is it chat or snap, chat, warp? Whatever it is you can do with your phone to talk to someone else or relate to someone else or communicate with someone else, then we need to use what is in our hand. What is our disposal to reach someone else? Or just do it the good old-fashioned way. Just go by and pick them up. You see, it's not just one thing. It's everything that we have, and we want to give it to the Lord. Minimal efforts, we know what that brings us. And then the thing that we're doing, uh, trying to do with our our group meetings, uh, mainly is what uh, Rob called compassion cards. This is nothing new to this congregation. This is nothing new. It's amazing what our ladies have accomplished, mainly our ladies, a few men also, by sending cards of encouragement to people over the years. It's amazing. I've walked in many hospital rooms. I've walked into many houses of folks who have been under the weather or have gone through some surgeries. And what do you see behind them? You see cards, and a lot of those are from Midway. They're posted on the wall behind the bed. They're posted on the doorway. They're posted around the recliner. Those are cards. People love People love We're, we live in a day of messages, but the little messages on the screen will never replace something physical in your hand. There will nothing be able to replace physical things in your hand. Okay. Why do we still do presents at Christmas time? Parents, why don't you just send a message to your, all your kids who got phones? Just send a message to your kids and say, Merry Christmas, save you a lot of money. Right? Why do we not... Because you'll never replace the physical. People love to receive cards. You won't ever replace the mail system. It's not going anywhere. People love to go and they love to get things in the mail. They love to touch it. They just see it. They love to hold on to it. So cards is a great way. Not just one thing, many things, but cards is one of those great ways. And so the elders here, also known as the first order, also, no, not really. The, the elders here, though, have, have been able to uh, purchase some cards uh, for many in the groups to, to use. And it's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. Now, the question comes, what do I write on the cards when I'm sending to people that I don't really know much about them. Okay. You do have to write with a purpose. And what we're going to try to do with these lists is try to find out as much about these lists as we can. We can't always do that. But generally we're looking to create lists from people who are going through some kind of trauma. Either they're going through some grief or they're going through some sicknesses. Or they have a family member that's going through these things. Or they're just going through a period of discouragement. And there's a lot of things that can bring discouragement in life. We know If we know about that or you know about that and you bring it to 
the attention of the group, then we can send them cards of encouragement. But on the other side, we also may want to find somebody to say just thank you to. Thank you to. If we find out somebody has done something good in the community, has served the community well, or has been nice to customers, then that's a great way of just sending a card and say, hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate how nice you are every time I come in there. You're very nice and you, you've always been that way. You can just, the purpose can be thank you. Or the purpose can be congratulations. Heard that, that you accomplished this. I heard that you, you were able to do this. Heard you, you got a promotion. Or I, we heard that your, your children, uh, you had a child graduate from, from college. You know, you can congratulate somebody. Romans 12 verse 15 says, Weep with those that weep, but also it says rejoice with those that rejoice. And so that's, that's the two, two directions that our compassion cards want to go. We are rejoicing with those that rejoice. We're also weeping with those that weep. And when we do that, we're doing what the Lord uh, would have us to do. But also, as we're gathering our, together our list, sending our cards, there, there's another group of people that simply are just missing. And after a while, we will run out if we're working with somebody and we're sending cards and they're getting our cards. Their trauma in their life goes away and there's going to come a point where if that doesn't bring them in, they're, they're simply going to be someone still missing. They're still going to be a lost sheep. What do I say then? Okay. Here's what we say. We have an ongoing, the church is an ongoing campaign. We have an ongoing campaign here, for instance, to build up our Bible school. So anybody out here, no matter what their age, whether they have children or not, have grandchildren or not, can receive an invitation to our Bible classes. We ought to get to know about all of our Bible classes from zero all the way to, to age 100, we ought to get to know exactly what's, who's teaching and what's being taught in each of those classes. And you can always send an invite to someone to say, come and be part of our class. Here's what's going on in our auditorium. Here's what's going on in our back classroom. Here's what the little ones are studying. There's always an ongoing campaign to build up our Bible school. Anybody can receive that. In addition... We always have church events on the horizon. Always. We've got family day coming up April the 19th uh, here, here at Midway. We've always got something coming up. We've got VBS coming up the second week uh, in June. Last year we, in, in October we had a special seminar. We're always having special singings. Oftentimes on fifth Sunday nights we have special singings. There's always events at church that are coming up, that anybody can receive an invite to come and be part of, of these events. Okay. And so you have several different purposes that you can remember to include in a card that is going out to somebody. We really have, it, the, the ideals are just endless on what you can put on a card. And so compassion cards. Thank you for all that you've done over the years, but also thank you for or even doing more. Is there any scriptural authority for doing more? Well, there is. If you take your Bibles and look over to 1 Thessalonians 4, 
I'm looking. First Thessalonians four, verse one. Paul says, "Finally, then, brethren, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus." That as you receive from us how you ought to live and please God, just as you are doing, that you do so, well, my verse here, here, my translation here says, that you do so more and more. More and more. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, abounding in the work of the Lord. All right. Compassion cards. And then, this is easy for us, but we can bring people in not only with compassion cards, but also with food. With food. We can invite people. Anytime that we're having a fellowship, and may we have as many as we can. I have no idea. Brother Larry and I, we have no idea what it is to work, ladies, in getting a fellowship meal together. Because all me and Larry can do is just bring in the dishes that we're told to bring in. And so we would never want to overextend on our ladies, but just as many food events that we can have, we ought to have so that we can have another excuse uh, to invite someone in. The New Testament uh, folks, the early church used food, if you read in Acts 2 and 46, they were, they were meeting together, and as necessity, uh, they were fellowshipping together. Uh, when you're working, you want to fellowship together, and that's a great time also to meet uh, new people. One thing that the Jacksonville Church does, uh, who sends out house to house, they have four community meals a year. Four community meals. And they just have what it is, just a fellowship meal where they just invite everybody to come in and eat with them. They have four a year. And they, they, they advertise it real big. They try to do it right before another event on a Friday night or on a Saturday. So using food. Using food. I think one thing we have learned is do not let's not use the word giveaway anymore because we've had little efforts like that about we want to give away uh, winter clothing, we want to give away soup, you know, we want to get and people do not send for some reason they don't respond very well to giveaway. But evidently if you just say, Come and eat with us and everybody comes and eat, everybody from the church comes to eat. And then invite everybody else to come and eat, the whole community. So I don't know how you prepare for that, but somebody can figure that out, and we can maybe get that done one day. We can use house to house. That paper's been around for quite a while, and we've used it from time to time uh, to bring people in, to bring uh, people in. I have um, some things over here. You have probably seen a house to house magazine. If you're in the program house to house and sending it out into community, then you put your information on the front here, your phone numbers and, and um, your address here and certain information about the church. And then also 
the local church has the entire back page uh, to relate information to the community. And then the, the paper itself is full of uh, good Bible-based, rich uh, articles inside. And so it's just a good thing to uh, send out. Here's the hope. Okay. When you look inside, there are some free offers. Okay. And your hope is that someone will write in and say, Hey, I want that free offer. I, I want that. I, I'd like to have one of those. Okay. What are you talking about? You're talking about uh, free books or free bookmarks. You know, free, free Bible studies, uh, certain things like that. Inside also are um, Bible trivia questions, and people can, uh, cut, can answer those, cut those out, and send those in. And if their name is drawn, then they receive, they re- they receive even a bigger or larger uh, gift. Our hope is that folks will read that and then send it in to us. And then if they do, then boom, we have a name and we have a place to go. We'll, we'll go see them. We're not gonna just, we won't just turn around and send them their prize. We're going to take the prize to them. <clears throat> Here's a sample of some of the things that those... Sin, you know, free Bible Bible correspondence course uh, here. Uh, three or four of those available, and then also free DVDs that are Bible studies as well. If someone doesn't want to take the time to read, free uh, bookmarks uh, that are very handy, quick information, Bible references. A few years ago, we were at the old building, and just two or three of us left, and we're about to close up and, and just go home. And um, in walked a man, and he had one of these in his hands. And he had received it uh, from us as part of our house-to-house uh, send-out. And he walked in. And this right here is a, uh, a, a bookmark on the Ten Commandments and how that... Um, the principles of the Ten Commandments, except for the Sabbath day, are also found in the New Testament. He walks in and he says, I've been asking people at my church about the Ten Commandments and, and why we don't meet on the Sabbath day. I've been asking for many years. He said, I've never found anybody who would be willing to teach on that. He says, you guys are the first ones I've ever heard teaching on that. And he walked in with this in his hand. The man's name is Ray Wesley. Now, Ray has a lot of struggles right now. And you've been part of his life. Many of you have been part of his life. But he walked in because he received this, this information. It was not just this book. It was a whole article on, on the differences between the old law and the new law and why we're under the new law. He read that. He brought in not only this, he brought in the entire the entire issue of house to house um, that he had. He, he, came, he come into us. Okay. And that was, that was the fall of one year and by, by the end of February of the next year we had baptized him uh, into Christ. Now he's having struggles. 
But nonetheless, we wouldn't even know him had he just not walked in and, um, and presented that uh, to us. And so house to house is another way in which we can bring people in. Our hope is that they would notice the goodies on the inside. I'll tell you what. There are folks who will look at the front article, which is usually just a very sound article about salvation or the church or heaven or something, and they say, well, okay, when you look inside, there's little articles on family and family life, on evidences for the Bible. There's little trivia questions, and people who may not want to read a long article, they'll go to these short ones, especially about family, especially about Bible trivia, and they'll look at those. And also there's always resources in here you can go online and you can find uh, some things that might be helpful. So that's interesting. Uh, I've always been interested, interesting to me. One of the one of the things that they send as as a gift. We have several of these they have sent our way. Just little posters. Here's one of them. Books of the Bible. Posters. They also have posters they'll send to people that have the entire plan of salvation in, in this kind of format. Okay. They have posters like this that talk, talks about the differences between the Old and New Testament. And, different, and they have uh, posters like this that talk entirely about uh, Jesus and the church of the New Testament. All the, all the references that we would put on there to use to help somebody understand, of course, these brethren uh, do the same thing. <coughs> And so I just wanted to show you some of those goodies. The hope is, the hope is that they receive it in their mail and they get accustomed to receiving it. And then they look at the things that are offered and they, they write in. Also, um, one thing that is available there is if you go to housetohouse.com and you're inquiring there and, and, and through, the, um, through the internet, if you send in your email and say, yes, uh, through email, yes, I'd like to receive this goodie right here. Here's my name and address. Well, if somebody does that from our area, from North Alabama or from Decatur or from Moulton or from Trinity, then house to house will send us that address and then we can go get them. We can go find them. Okay? We can show up at their, their doorstep and we've done that uh, several times uh, over the years. So there's probably some, many things I'm forgetting about house to house, uh, but you can check it out uh, for yourself. The good thing there is that house to house doubles up. You know, when you think about bringing, you think about teaching and keeping, well, house to house serves uh, in all three of those areas because it's also a teaching tool. Uh, you can take house to house and teach uh, someone the, enti- the entire gospel. You can, you, can take, you can start with whatever is in house to house and then build on, on that study and go from there. And so it's a great thing to take. And we ought to be taking it everywhere. Did you hear what the complaint was against Peter and John? They have filled Jerusalem with this teaching. Okay. Somehow or another, we have to do the same thing. That's our Bible example there. We must do the same thing. And I'm going to ask you, do you have a better idea of how to get that done. Do you have a better idea? Because we've got homes. When you go over here where Martin and Terry Mapes live, okay, and you begin to count the houses, you say, well, well, Terry Mapes here, he just lives in a little old neighborhood over here. You go over there and count the houses, you know there's about 47 houses. Just go over here and turn left, 
go by, go down to Terry's house and eat his food, and then go out and and just look at it. There's about 47 houses just right over there. Okay, that is multiplied when you go here, when you go there, when you go. Do you have a, a plan? Are you going to get out there? I don't think so because we've had some door knocking days here. Okay, and many times it's been our family and the Fletcher family that showed up over the years. People don't love the door knock. Okay. We don't like to go up to people's houses. You're scared of their dogs. Okay? You're scared of them. You don't want them to look at you weird. Door knocking ought to be done. But do, who has the plan? I don't care what plan it is. And you don't either. It's just that God, God, God has placed within our hands the responsibility of this community. And so, what are we going to do with that? Okay. Do we have the people? We got the people. Do we have the means? We got the means. Okay. But we're, we just got to have the heart uh, to get it done. <clears throat> In association with House to House, they've come up with this new movers program. It costs the congregation about $5 a month and $1 per address. But what they do, Somehow or another, they've been able to plug in to when somebody moves into your area, you determine your area. You tell them, here's my radius. Okay. And they get that down. And when somebody moves into your radius area, then they automatically will send them a copy of House to House. And then they'll send, in addition to that, they'll send a postcard that has all our information on it. And they will, on that postcard, invite them to our next services. If we're in that program, then that's done automatically to anybody who moves into the area. It costs us $5 a month and $1 per address. And then you decide how many addresses you want to pay for. If you want to just cap it at, at say, 40 addresses a month, or there's not going to be that many people moving in, but you know what I mean, 10, 15 addresses a month. And so uh, they've come up with that uh, particular idea as well. And so in many ways, we could be the first people. And remember the... When people want to make a change religiously, oftentimes it's when they move away. When they move away from their parents, or they move away from their old life to a new life, maybe they're beginning to look at new things differently. Maybe they're looking at to changing some things, some new things. And so we could be the first ones uh, to show up uh, for them. In addition to that, uh, the folks at House to House will send us directions on the spreadsheet of some sort. They'll send us directions to how to get to that particular uh, place. And so, uh, how do we bring them in? That's what we're talking about. How do we... We bring them in through food. We bring them through calls. We bring them through uh, making a list. We're bringing them in uh, through maybe uh, things like house to house, maybe a new movers program. Um, But door knocking is part of that. Again, house to house kind of doubles up on this because... When you go to somebody's door, you want to have something in your hand. Okay? And I, I wouldn't mind walking up to somebody's house if I have something to, to give them. You know. In the very least, I'm going to, say, I'm going to leave you this poster. It's some books of the Bible. Uh, I see you've got some kids there. They'll, they'll love this. And, and there are very few parents that are going to turn you down when you want to give them a free uh, poster. And so we'll have something that we can uh, leave, leave with them. We can bring them in through a door. By, by the way, um, something that's catching on is an annual door knocking day among Churches of Christ, first Saturday in October. 
This year it'll be October the 3rd, so uh, keep that in mind, uh, annual door knocking uh, day. And then through our Bible school build-up, uh, I believe this will be the last thing that we'll say. But we certainly, the more we build up our Bible classes, then obviously the more souls we're going to be able uh, to reach. So if every Bible class could have a, a goal in mind of increasing the number of people who are there, or at least having everybody in class and talking, talking to other people about uh, getting to Bible school and, and being able to relate what's going on at Bible class and what's coming up on the horizon, then uh, that will help as well. Like I said, it's much easier, much less overwhelming to dive into the middle chapters of the book of Revelation than it is to try to help us tackle a lost world out here. All of us agree that we must take steps to make something happen. We've got to get the ball rolling in the direction of Christ. And once, once that happens, then the Lord in His providence does some marvelous things and our efforts in, in there with that, then some great things can be done in order to bring glory to God. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring glory to God. And this is the way God says we ought to do it. Well, this evening as we are thinking about the Lord and reaching out for Him, remember He loves each of us. No one can ever love us a lot the Lord loves us. It's a very individual love. Paul said Christ loved me and gave Himself for me, Galatians 2.20. And that same thing can be said by each of us. And it may be that, that you feel like, you know, maybe even know, that you just wandered away. You just don't have, maybe even more than one of us, we just don't have the passion for the Lord Or maybe you just want a clean start. Or could it be that you're here this evening and, and your faith is going to lead you to put Jesus on in baptism? Whatever your need may be, Paul's going to lead us in this song. Let's all stand together and encourage one another.